When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Terrio Media. Don't wait for appreciation to buy real estate. Buy for cash flow and wait. In other words, hold that house. Your hosts, Matt Andrews and Matt Terrio. Yes. Hello. Welcome. Flipping houses. It can make you rich. Holding them will make you wealthy. And that is what this show is all about. This is the Hold That House show. And I am Matt Terrio. And over there is Matt Andrews. Who loves you very much. He does. And before we begin, you know, we, we love you so much. We've got a free gift for you. Go to holdthathouse.com and download the four-hour work month. It's the Ten Commandments to Managing Property Managers. Really the, the essence, the key ingredient to financial independence through real estate that no one ever really talks about until now. And you can get that for free at holdthathouse.com. So go there. It's free. No strings attached. No it's strings yours. attached. You got it. What's what's free these days that's actually worth something? This right. is pretty much the only thing. Yeah. 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 I, I think so. It's the and, only thing out there. And love. Love is free. <laughs> but not, not always. <laughs> not always. <laughs> Depends. And remember, money can't buy you love, but it can buy you chocolate. And that's like the next best thing. So anyway, right. All right. Moving on. What, what's your... But your wife loves, and so that gets you love indirectly. Exactly, right? exactly. Absolutely. That works. All right, I'm glad we turned that around real quick because we were going down a funny path. <laughs> we were. That was no good. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> it's like that bell can't be unrung. Can't, can't get that toothpaste back in the tube. Are we uh, recording this? Yes, we are. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, you ready to start? All, <laughs> All right. right, let's go. Well, let's talk about. Um, I want to talk about. You know, we have this Ten Commandments to managing property managers. So these are valuable lessons that we've learned over the years. Uh, but let's talk about, say, your most expensive lesson that you've ever learned, your, the biggest horror story that you've got. And then let's kind of talk about after that what you've done to prevent that from ever happening again. Wow. There's so many directions I could go here because I've got a couple of horror stories. Probably my biggest horror story. Let's go the biggest one. I'm We're going to be here for a while, m- my, many years to come. We can always biggest, talk about the okay, others Okay, we'll later. talk about the others. Well, then I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you the one where I lost the most money. I'm just going to tell you the true, like, biggest horror story. All right. right? And uh, so here it is. This wasn't the one where I lost the most money. Okay. I didn't make good money on this house, but I certainly didn't lose my shirt on it. But I was uh, starting out in real estate investing. This was my third house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, those of you that have listened to this before know that I made almost no money on my first one, on my first rehab and flip, right? I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was doing. Second one, I got a little bit better. The third one I bought really, really well, um, but it was in a rough, rough neighborhood, okay? And quite honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. The first mm-hmm. couple houses that I bought and flipped uh, were in, you know, kind of upper blue-collar neighborhoods, you know, not not million-dollar properties by any means, but nice properties, you know, properties you wouldn't have been afraid to walk in after the sun went down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, this this new property that I bought, you know, as, a, as still a novice real estate investor, you barely wanted to walk through this neighborhood in the daylight, even with a police escort. Got it. Okay. It was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I didn't, I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know, um, you know, I, I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. So I bought a house and, uh, it was, like I said, in that rough neighborhood, I bought it and then I went on vacation uh-huh. and I let it sit 
did nothing to it for about two weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So bought it. I was gone for two weeks. I came back and, uh, you know, the place was trashed. I knew it was trashed when I bought it. So I thought, Hey, what could, what could go wrong with it while I'm gone? So came to the property, had a friend of mine with me and, and, uh, he was going to do some work for me. Another, another bad thing. Don't hire your friends to do work for you. (laughs) Right. Still didn't know that at the time. We're Mm -hmm. talking 2001, I think. Uh, so we walk into the property and it just, it's first of all, it smells terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it smells like sin. I mean, it's, it's so bad that I had to like, literally like wrap a shirt around my face, just like holds, you know, hold my nose and not breathe in what, whatever was in there. And so I thought it was just, you know, old food and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So we're stepping around and there's just, there are clothes everywhere. Um, the windows were all boarded up. So it's not, it's not light inside, right? Mm -hmm. I just walked in. So it's still dark, even though it's during the day, it's still dark. I'm walking around, there's clothes and just junk everywhere. So I'm, I'm not even stepping on carpet. I'm stepping on layers of stuff, stuff, right? On top of the carpet. It feels Uh like a moonwalk, you know, like Uh everything's soft and squishy, you know? And, And so I'm walking along and I hear a, thud oh i kind of step into it Mm -hmm. boom right i'm like whoa what was that Mm -hmm. and i thought is that a dead animal i think it's a dead animal so i kind of touched it again with my foot and then i kind of were moving my foot down i'm like that's well this is a big animal big animal it's just like a big dog that died Mm -hmm. that's what i'm thinking and then i pulled back you know i had uh my phone with a light on it, right? Uh-huh. The early phones. Right. So there's not much of a light, you know what I'm saying? A flip phone, I think it right. was. And I pull back, you know, like some newspaper and some stuff, and it's a person. Oh, my goodness. And they're not moving. Mm. And I'm like, I, I couldn't even move for a second. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I turned to my friend Jeremy, and I'm like, dude, this is a person. <laughs> <laughs> And we froze. We didn't know what to do. Uh-huh. And I'm like, let's get out of here. So I'm scared to death. I'm getting scared right now just thinking about right. it. I was freaked out. I can you know? see you. you I was, saw your posture uh, yeah, change yeah. a little bit. Like, uh, uh-huh. I was freaked out. So we walk outside, and I call the police. And I say, uh, I think there might be a dead body in a property that I just bought. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. I, I've never made this call before. I'm like, do I call you up about, the, about this? I don't know. You right. know, if somebody had broken into my house and they're living there, yeah, sure. I call you, but do I call you about this? And they said, well, we'll come out and check it out. Mm-hmm. Right. So stood in the front lawn and just waited for him. Took him a while to get there. They finally got there. They go inside, they check out the situation and they come back out and they said, uh, we got good news and bad news. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, good news like, here, huh? Good news and bad news. I'm like, which would you, which do you want first? I'm like, uh, the the good news. And mm-hmm. so they say, uh, good news is is that you were right. It is a body, mm-hmm. and uh, and well, that wasn't really the good news. That was the bad, bad news. news. So that was the bad news. You were right. It is a body. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the good news. It's not dead. Oh my god! It's almost dead, and I was like, "What? Oh what does that goodness. mean?" So they explained to me that this person had probably been on drugs, mm-hmm. had overdosed in this house that I bought, mm-hmm. right? And then the uh, ambulance comes, and they pull this person out, mm-hmm. and I, I could barely even watch the whole thing. It turned out that this person had literally overdosed on drugs was too weak to move or get up or whatever, had been there for a while, 
probably the whole two weeks wow. that I was there or that I was gone or a mm-hmm. week or so, you know? Um, and <laughs> this is so gross. I'm just going to say it. Their leg was like uh, lacerated in some way. Mm-hmm. And there were, and it had gone gangrenous. Uh and there were maggots oh my inside God. this person's leg. This is a real horror story. This is like an X-rated. This is like from a horror this movie. This is like X-rated, yeah. This is <laughs> I was X-rated. looking for just a bad deal no, 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 no. some money. <laughs> I know, exactly. That's why I said I'm going a whole different direction here. <laughs> Got right? it. So, uh, so the good news after that, there was more good news later. They lived, mm-hmm. okay, which I followed up on it because it was just like, I, I don't know why, but I felt I wasn't responsible, but I just I had to know. I hope this person lived, and they right. did. They did live. Uh-huh. I didn't follow up with them. Don't know anything about them or whatever. Don't know what the situation. They're not was. a tenant now. They're not a tenant okay. now. Well, they uh, they might be. I don't know. I did. I didn't get a good look at their face. So if they got it <laughs> together and could pass a background check, they might be a tenant now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, but that freaked me out. Now, did I make some big giant mistake that led to that? Eh, not some big giant mistake. Did mm-hmm. it lose me a bunch of money? Not really. But I did lose control of that property for that mm-hmm. two weeks, right. right? Which allowed someone to break in there and live there. And that could have been Was it way confirmed worse. that they were moved in while, or they broke in while you were on vacation? Or did the yeah, house come that way? Because I bent, no, I, I had been through the property before. Okay. I walked through it before I bought it. So, I mean, I was used to stepping on all the stuff. So, I knew, I knew the shape it was in and everything. Okay. You know? I just hadn't been there in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And probably a few people had could have broken in and lived there. I mean, there's a lot of squatters in that neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of par for the course out there. A bordered up property that was obviously just sold, and, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that happens. And so people target properties like that, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, so they had most likely, you know, probably been sleeping there for a week or something like that when something went wrong right. and had some kind of, you know, intravenous drug use. And right. one thing led to another. And they were, they were, the way the cops described it, 90% gone. Wow. You know, hanging on to life, but they lived. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know? good news. That so is that's, good news. That's the story about the time that I found an almost dead body. God. And I always think about, you know, like the, that scene on Princess Bride with Billy Crystal where he's like, he's not dead. He's mostly dead. dead. <laughs> you know? And that's what this person was. So, okay. you know, I didn't lose a ton of money. I didn't make a bunch of right. money. But it was a horror story. We'll be back with more right after this. Your portfolio has seen better days but this too shall pass and the best for you is yet to come together we'll get you there faster we're turnkeyallies.com and we'd like to share some information with you that will show you how you can take control of your financial future and accelerate its arrival go to turnkeyallies.com more building less waiting turnkeyallies.com okay so let's get a lesson from this (laughs) knowing what you know now if this or what, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? So today, mm-hmm. the day I closed on that property, my property manager would be there or my construction crew would be there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they would pull off all those boards off those windows. They would probably be working on it the entire time I was on vacation, mm-hmm. right? It didn't mm-hmm. require me going there. But at the time, I didn't have a system. Right. I didn't have a system in place. My system was, hey, I got this great property, and now I'm going to sit on it for two weeks while I go do something else, and then I'm going to come back. That property should have been punched out and ready to rent by the time I came back right. two or three weeks later, right. right? So the lesson was have a sense of urgency, Matt. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like, and I'm talking to myself, not you. Mm-hmm. Have a sense of urgency. Realize that every day that you are not um, actively pushing an investment forward, you're losing money and mm-hmm. also might be opening up to dead bodies that could be in your this house. This is true. <laughs> right? So, okay. so that was the lesson there. So now, 
when we close on a property. I mean, boom, my manager's there that day. Sometimes it's like, you know, they're like waiting to open that door and go in there and just waiting for the final word that the papers are signed and then boom, they're in there. Mm-hmm. And we punch things out in a week now, mm-hmm. two weeks, you mm-hmm. know, max, uh, depending on how it is and, you know, what kind of shape it's in. So, you know, I have a better sense of urgency now. Right. I have a process now. And most importantly, I have a process in place that takes place without me. Right. So, you know, the last few weeks when I was, uh, you know, out of the country and with my family and, you know, having some fun, there were still construction crews fixing up properties on my behalf. There were still property managers in multiple markets making my properties cash flow. So I was making money while I sleep. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that set up then. You right. know, I was I was a very unsophisticated investor with no process. Right. So that's what I learned. Got it. Love it. Love it. So tell us about the first almost dead body you found. No. <laughs> <laughs> no dead bodies. <laughs> okay, good. No. Good, good, good. Um, trying to think. I don't think I've ever seen a dead body. I saw one squirting blood out of his chest before. That was nasty. In, yeah, I saw someone. You were in the military? No, it was actually a... <laughs> that was down the street? I or? was at a concert, oh, and I saw someone get stabbed. That was a... That was... Yeah. That's a different podcast. That's, that's a different podcast. Yes. Yeah. That was kind of scary. Um, I think I was only like 19 at the time. 19, 20 years old. That's pretty freaky. That was pretty crazy to see blood spurt. Yeah. All right. Let's go back. That's... It's the different type of horror story. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is a money loss horror story. Okay. This is a mega loss money, or, or, yeah, mega loss of money horror story. So when I first started my turnkey operation, we to, to launch our business, we offered guaranteed rents for the year. And that worked really well. A lot of people took it, uh, took us up on that offer. Yeah, sure. And, <laughs> I'm uh, sure they would. For sure, yeah. right? And we did very well, and we built the business, and things were thriving. We had happy customers. Everything was going great. And in one of our first markets, we uh, I think we owned personally, we owned 20, 25 properties there. And we probably had another 60 or so properties that were owned by our clients. And so we had, you know, we'll just say 80 properties sure. in this area. So you, really, you, you knew that market pretty good. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were doing very well there. Everything was performing. We had a couple hiccups, like you always do in real estate. But, but generally, overall, doing very well. Yep. And all managed by one property manager. And this one property manager went out to show a property. I can't remember if it was our property or not. Um, but uh, went out to show a property at dusk at nighttime. And it wasn't in, I guess, a great area or something because <laughs> yeah. uh, he was basically robbed, mugged, and shot and killed. Wow. And that was a really tragic moment for us because we really liked oh, him. Oh, man. And uh, it was very sad. And, uh, you know, it, it messed us up for a minute. Sure. But uh, while we're dealing with our emotions and the loss of a friend and we're mourning about this business partner that we had, we had an, a bigger issue, actually. Um, it, it's sad to say it was a bigger issue. Um, well, maybe that's not accurate. Not a bigger issue. Uh, he was very close to us. And, yeah. But what we had was an actual problem we had to deal with. We had to push our feelings and emotions aside. You had responsibility. And that's what made it really a big deal yeah. is that we had to kind of ignore what we were feeling. We had to act fast. We had no time to mourn and take it easy. That uh, we have these 80 properties that have no property management. Mm. And they are halfway across the country. And with these 80 properties, 60 of those have guaranteed rents on them. And, you know, I I don't understand this, but uh, when the tenants got wind that the property manager was no longer with us, uh, they decided they just didn't want to pay rent anymore. Mm. And we've got guaranteed rents on, on these properties. 
And so our clients were calling us. Uh, we didn't receive our rent this month. We'd tell them the story, and uh, they, they were sad for us. They said, that's unfortunate, but these rents are guaranteed, so where's our rent? And that was the common response that we got. And we couldn't blame them for it because that's the promise we made them. So we had to keep our promise. So that first month, we started writing checks while we were diligently trying to find a replacement property manager. Wow. And we found one relatively quickly. And, you know, we, we probably skipped some steps on hiring our property manager how we'd normally do it. Your back was against the wall. Our back was against the wall. We needed a solution. Sure. And they came in with confidence that they could take it over. And they did. And they were a good property manager. But what happened was they weren't prepared to take on 80 new properties. And it took it takes a while to make that transition. And it takes a while to convince the tenants that there is a new property manager here to take rent, especially after they already got away with one month of not paying rent. And then it probably took another two months for the property manager to get around and talk to all of those sure. tenants. It's a lot of units. So yeah. there's three months gone by that we're writing guaranteed rents to our clients. Oh. And probably two months later, they probably got about half of them secured and half of them back up to performing, but we're still writing guaranteed rents on the other two or uh, the other half and then uh, they actually went out of business they couldn't handle the load and here we were again with 80 properties unmanaged and this guy stepped in and he actually was used to be good friends with uh, with our previous manager that was that was killed and uh, he said don't worry I got this I have the same type of business. I got the playbook. I'm going to whip all this into shape and you're going to be just fine. Give me 30 days and everything's going to be great. And at that moment, that's that's what we wanted to hear. <laughs> and so we went with it. Sure. And so after a month, it wasn't whipped into shape. And after two months, it was still not whipped into shape. And we're still writing these checks. And so we're about probably $400,000, $350,000, in of writing these checks, along with fixing up the properties and, and create and doing the repairs because it just, it went to chaos. Once yeah. it got wind that there was no property management in town, <laughs> you know, when the when the mouse or the cat's away, the, the mice were yeah. certainly playing. And so that was a very, very expensive lesson wow. for us to learn. You would and have rather had my horror story than yours. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I could have dealt with it. Less, less expensive. Blood and maggots, though. I, mean, I don't have a strong stomach for that, but I still think it would have been a little bit easier. <laughs> People are listening to the podcast are throwing up yes, right now as we that's speak. right. Yes. And so um, we had to fire him and go find another one. Thank God third time was the charm. And that property manager whipped that whole area into shape and eventually got all of those properties performing, producing, and maintained again. And we are eternally grateful for him. But this was two and a half years ago, mm. and we're still feeling slight ramifications from it. Like, it's sure. it's reverberated That's far and hit. reaching. And it's got to a point where I can't even calculate how much that cost us. You know, I was just telling you today that we just, we're picking up seven, we're going to Cleveland tomorrow, and we we're picking up seven new properties. And these are the first seven properties I've purchased in about a year and a half because we've been so for wo- your for your personal for my personal portfolio, portfolio. Yeah. because we've been so wounded by this sure ac- uh, this this situation yeah and so that was a uh, that was a very very expensive lesson and I, I would say easily a half a million dollar lesson wow and, and that's that's the kind of lesson that would pretty much have a lot of people completely out of the business totally and it's a testament to what you've created and that you have diversified in these other markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's why you're here today. That's why you're still operating. That's why you're still because I've looked at your business lately, and mm-hmm. it's 
I mean, it's thriving. Right. You know, you are, I mean, for lack of a better term, you're killing it in the markets you're in, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, that's a good lesson to be diversified in other markets. What if you were only in that one market? And what if that was the only deal you were working? Right. You know, a deal that if it all went great would make you ton- tons of money, but then that turned. Right. Like it did. Well, you, that was you'd our, be out of business. That was our very first market that where that happened. That was the first market? Yes. You were, well, so well, you you were the still first, able to weather it. Wow. We were. But we had to expand to create income from other markets sure. to pay for this market is, is how we were able to get through so, it. So let me ask you this because mm-hmm. this is a good lesson because mm-hmm. a lot of people would fold up and die. Right, right at that point, right. like you know, figuratively speaking, mm-hmm. um, what were you thinking when that happened? Because that obviously spurred you to. I'm guessing if that was the first market you're in, you're in ten now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you you went into action, which created massive growth mm-hmm. pretty quickly for you. Mm-hmm. You know, what was it that you thought then? Because there's two ways to go, right? I mean, a lot of people would literally just fold up and be done. Mm-hmm. You went the different direction, went to the wall. Right. And blew your business up in a good way. So what were you thinking then? What made you take action and do that? Why did you not just go home and mm-hmm. get a safe, secure job and start there and just be easy, you know, have have the easy, sure. you know, the quote unquote easy life, right? right? Well, first of all, I know that easy life doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That's first of all. Second of all is I've already started over once before in yep. life and I ended up, I was bagging groceries. Didn't want to go do that again. Okay. That, that's one of the things that keeps me going forward is that I ain't going back. Yeah. Right? And so there's that. And then the big epiphany I had at that job when I was having this huge pity party after the music business, I had realized that no one's going to do it for me. Mm. If it's going to be, it's up to me. And so that was it. I just had to create a solution. I had to move forward. And I still believe in real estate. You know, just because, you know, a property manager had an unfortunate circumstance doesn't make real estate bad. Sure. It's just I got a, a, a challenge here to, to, that I got to conquer and that I got to solve. And so that that's really what kept me going. I kept everything in a perspective. Like business was going good. I just have to go make some more business to compensate for the business that I'm losing in this particular market. Yeah. And so when you talk about diversifying markets, it's... And it was a, a big eye-opener because what put me out of business in the music industry was I had one distributor. When that distributor went under and stopped producing the way that they, they were producing, I was out of business because that was my only stream of income. Sure. So I was like, okay, so I need, I need to learn that lesson. I need to eliminate all single points of failure in my business. Mm. So not only does that mean diversifying my markets, does, not only does that mean diversifying my property types, it means diversifying my teams, specifically my property managers. So now, in all 10 of our markets, we have at least two property managers in each market. Some of the markets, we have three. And so we are very sheltered, or not sheltered, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, we're protected from yeah, that. that you're hedged. That from hedged. That, yeah. yeah, we're hedged from that happening again. Right. You have so, understudies in place. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so... And, and we have had some issues with other property managers. We're not, sure. We don't always get it right the first time. But because we had another property manager in that place, it was very easy for us to uh, remedy that situation. Sure. To go ahead and let that person go, get our properties over to a safe environment, find another property manager in case it should happen again. Sure. And, and most likely, most people will never go through a catastrophic event like mm-hmm. you went through with that property manager and, and that terrible thing that happened. But it's very likely that they will have a property manager that at some point is not doing the job they're supposed to do, right? and they've got to get them out and put somebody new in. If you don't already have that person in place or at least don't have a plan in place for how that happens, mm-hmm. then you're looking at 
two, three, four months of kind of, you know, stepping back and having to start over again, right? right? So that's that's a great lesson for us all to learn. Uh, you need to hedge against that, whether it's something catastrophic that happens or just the very, you know, the much more likely uh, scenario of a property manager just not doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So you need to quickly get them out and put somebody in, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's a great lesson. One thing, I think I mentioned it here maybe several weeks back, uh, watching an interview with Mark Cuban. Yeah. And he had said, uh, he goes, I want you to look at your business and imagine that you are your competition. How would you put yourself out of business? And I think everyone should step back in that, regardless of what business you're in. But And this is a real estate show, so particularly with your real estate. Sure. How would you put your real estate portfolio out of business? How would you crush your real estate portfolio? And you identify those weak points in your business, and now it's time to get to work to start, you know, strengthening those weak points. Absolutely. So you're not at, you know, one bad property manager or one bad situation or circumstance or one bad instance of turning your whole world upside down. And so that's, uh, you know, eliminate all single points of failure. That was the big lesson that I got from that. Absolutely, absolutely. And now, if that happens again, well... I don't think that'll happen again. But if you have a property manager that stops doing the job, flakes mm-hmm. out on you, moves to another country suddenly, mm-hmm. you've got somebody you can plug right in oh, there in easily. those markets. That's not even a concern. I don't even lose sleep over it anymore. You don't even lose a step. Nope. Right? Nope. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll go ahead and the transition is easy. Absolutely. We got so, that playbook. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We spent a lot of money for that playbook. Exactly. But we've got it now. So we're and that's for that. And that's one of the commandments that <laughs> touches on that. One of our mm-hmm. 10 commandments, right? That's right. So, that's right. I mean, that was a lesson that cost you thousands and thousands it's almost, and thousands yeah. of dollars, it's right? It's incalculable now. Yeah. At yeah, this point. I mean that's just the money side of it. Not right. to mention, uh, you know, the right. stress and mm-hmm. the toll it took on you, right? And uh, I see people talk about the rich. That's not dad, happening again. The, the rich dad poor dad education. They talk about a hundred thousand dollars. What a ripoff! And I'm like, no, that's a deal because <laughs> you know the education that you can, uh, the, or the tuition that you pay out there in the real world sometimes can be far greater than that. So Absolutely. Anyway, not that this is a rich dad show, but uh, I'm a big fan. Anyway, uh, that's it for today. Those were our horror stories. That's enough. <laughs> and, and those are the lessons that we learned. Those are the lessons that we're sharing with you. So we're going to be back next week. We're going to talk about our best deals ever. And we got many more of those stories than we got horror stories. So uh, flipping houses, that can make you rich. Holding them will make you wealthy. We will be back next week with good stories, many more of them. And until then, remember, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Contrary to popular belief, a lack of funding is not the biggest barrier to starting a business. It's excuses. But don't let a lack of funding be your excuse. We are Epic Fast Funding, and we'd like to fund your business with up to $150,000 in revolving credit lines. If you've got 60 seconds and a solid credit score, you could have access to your funds in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com to fill out our 60-second application. It's fast. It's simple. Up to $150,000 in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.